is he worthy this morning? Worthy to be praised, our King and our God, our Savior. Don't you love him this morning? Hasn't he been good to you? Let's just go to him in prayer as we would begin this service this morning. Father, Lord Jesus, we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness in our lives, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord. We thank you for your loving kindness, for it's greater than life itself, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done, Lord, in our midst, Father. Lord, what you're doing and working among us, Father, how you're saving the lost, you're reaching out to places, Lord, that, Lord, we thought impossible at times, Lord, but God, rich in mercy, is reaching down to the lowest of the lowest, lifting them up out of the dunghill, Lord, to set their feet upon a rock. Father, thank you for what you've done in my life, Lord, and in our lives, Lord, that we have the opportunity and not just the opportunity, but, Lord, the desire to come to the house of God and, Lord, to have a longing in our heart for you and a longing to know you and to see you, Lord, visible. Father, what an honor that is to have that, Lord, that desire for you. Lord, may we never take it for granted, Lord. But Father God, may we just, Lord, this morning set aside our thoughts, set aside the days of yesterday and tomorrow, Lord, and and Lord, just tune in with you, Lord, into the supernatural realm. Lord, that you can have preeminence, Lord, this morning, that you can speak to our hearts, each and every one, we pray. We commit this service to you in your precious name. Amen. 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 God is good. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to... I believe it's John 4 and verse 1. Not sure if I got this copied right. Don't sound right. No one's going to be first, John, or second, or third. One's one of them right there. Amen. It's beloved, believe not every spirit. Yeah, first John 4 and verse 1. <clears throat> Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is, is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> I just want to take a few moments to remind you before we get started here of our fall fellowship meetings that are coming up. Uh, we're just... Really looking forward to some wonderful times of refreshing and amen in the Lord. And we've got quite a few people that will be coming. There's, this place is going to be no doubt filled up again. And so there's a lot to get ready for. And, and we're in anticipation for it. We've got the ministry that is coming. And they're not just ministry, but they're as far as just anybody. But they're just wonderful men that 
love God and, and their soldiers, generals in this army. And, and it's a wonderful time to be able to hear from them, amen, what God has done for them and, and how he'll be speaking to us. And so uh, we got a lot of preparation that needs to be done. We've been in this building now almost a year. That's incredible, ain't it? I mean, it's almost mind-blowing how quickly, just within, just within a few days of being a year, being in this building. And so uh, when you're in a building and use it, there's things that gets dented up or messed up. And so we want to kind of refresh in the place and get it ready for visitors that will be coming. So there will be a work day that will be coming up very in the very near future. So you can try to plan for that, be some things to be cleaned up and and painted and different things, so we'll be making a list. And so for that, I need the, the deacons and trustees and their wives to meet in the choir room right over here after service for a short meeting so we can kind of get a plan, uh, not only for that, but also meals and things like that. Also, if you have a, the, the ability to keep somebody, there's, there's many that's already keeping. I know Brother Joe's house is full, Brother Aaron has people, different David Butts has people, no doubt, many houses. But if you have a place that you have for one, two, five, ten, fifteen, twenty people, amen, we just ask that you would sign up in the library and not only just let them know you got a place, but how many you can keep. So we can, um, there's already calls wanting to know if there's a place that they could stay. And so if you have that and you're willing to give that and uh, have a place, amen, you never know, you'll be entertaining angels unaware. Amen. And you always get blessed, amen, doing things for the kingdom of God and for his people. So if you have that available, please see the librarians and sign up so we can start assigning people to different homes. Also today we have a youth meeting in church, our children's church as well at five o'clock. So amen, come expecting God to move. He's been moving and it's wonderful to see what he's doing in our midst. Amen. We ought to be the most happiest people on the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. To, to see what God is doing among us. That not only has he called us, but he's here with us and he's, he's keeping us. He's raising up our young people. He's raising up our younger people. He's doing things for the kingdom of God. And I tell you, if you hadn't witnessed one of those meetings for yourself and been in one of them, you've been missing a blessing because God has been moving tremendously time after time, after time, and so we want to remember that at 5 o'clock today, amen. So let's turn again to this 1 John 4 and verse 1, and, or let's look at verse 4, actually, because this is where I'll be <clears throat> getting my text. It says, you are of God, little children, and, and have overcome them, Great, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'd like to speak to you this morning on greater is he. Amen. He's greater than any problem. Amen. He's greater than any situation. He's greater than any, any sickness. He's, we can go on and on and on. This God is greater. Amen. Amen. And, and you know, as I looked at somebody sent me this picture that I put here on the background, you know, that just really done something for me in the moment that I was in. It says, Jesus can calm any storm, he can conquer any foe, he can meet any need. Right. Amen. Right there, we can just go ahead and have church. 
because we are a witness that he can do that. How many can say this morning that he can calm any storm? Amen. 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 He can conquer any foe. Yeah. He can meet any need. So let the waves roll, the winds blow. We have a water walking, dead man raising, death defeating Savior in our boat. Amen. Greater is he, amen, than he that's in the world. What a God that we serve. What a Lord that we have here this morning. And, and it ought to give you great confidence this morning that no matter what situation you're facing in your life or you're going through today or what kind of week you had or what kind of week's coming up, greater is he. Amen. No matter what spirit that you may face in your life, greater is he. Amen. No matter what kind of false doctrine arises or what kind of false Christ arises, greater is he. Amen. Amen. And this first quote that I got, I hope that maybe it'll set the tone. It, it really stirred my heart. And Brother Brown talks about the clock that's ticking towards midnight. He said, uh, on God, he said, that clock, that scientific clock is clicking, ticking towards midnight, towards the end. But he said, on God's great clock, it ticks also. And it's ticking this morning, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, and it, and it also ticks the words that I do, shall you do also. It ticks again, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, when the scientific clock says three minutes to destruction, God's clock says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is on the earth, the power of the Holy Ghost to make this word live, to do for his church just exactly what he promised it would do. I want you to understand that this church and this Laodicean church age, this bride of Jesus Christ, she is not falling short of the mark. Amen. There was a church I mean, the false seed that had stretched out, but they fell short. But this true church of God, all down through the church ages, has never fallen short of the mark of God. Amen. And so he said the power of the Holy Ghost is here to make the word live. Amen. To live where? To live in you. Amen. To live in this church, to do for his church just exactly what he promised it would do. Filling his astronauts, getting them all fueled up and ready for flight. Amen. How I many is ready for flight this morning? He said, see, they've got their great scientific tube here, an astronaut tube, and they're taking a countdown. They're heading for a moon. They're getting off of here, too. they got an astronaut in a big tube powered by atomic power. They can send it plumb to the moon. they got their tubes, and they're waiting for the countdown. He said, the spiritual astronaut has gotten himself into Jesus Christ, and he's listening to the countdown of the Word. Amen to the countdown of the word. Now you Lutherans ought to shout. You Baptists, you Presbyterians. Oh, if they ought to shout, how much should we shout this morning? He said, watch the word, the countdown. We're headed for heaven. We're not headed for a moon. We're headed for heaven. He said, they'll pass the moon so fast they won't even see it. But we're waiting for that countdown. What are they doing? They are wrapped in Jesus Christ. They're wrapped in rapturing grace. Nothing they did themselves. But Christ took the uneducated. He took the foolish things of the world. He wrapped his astronauts in it. And he empowered them with the Holy Ghost. Give me a little more monitors up here. He empowered them with the Holy Ghost. For what? To take off. This world is going to be left alone. That's right, because we are taking off from here. 
Hallelujah. So the things that you're going on in your own right now and your calamities that you're facing and the situations that's happening in your life, it's going to be left alone because you're leaving here. Amen. You're, one day the sickness is going to have this world by itself. It's going to have it with the devil and his children because there's, not going to, there's going to be a time where there's not one more child of God to torment. There's not one more child of God, amen, to make sick. There's not one more child of God to send to a grave. There's not one more child of God, amen, to, for putting mind battles in. Why? Because we are leaving here. Amen. You know, there's a law of gravity at work this morning, amen? How I many knows that? Amen, right there is a law of gravity. What goes up must come down. Amen, there's a law at work. So there has to be something, amen, that can come against that law. And for it to defy that law, it has to be greater than that law. Amen, so you can look at a plane. You know, I'm always amazed at airplanes, and especially those big old, uh, here a while back for the first time, I got on a 747. That's a big old airplane. It's a five, five, I think it was five feet or, or I mean, five seats or four seats in the middle, can't remember, and two or three on each side. I mean, just wide and tall and big and long and not only have one deck, but two decks and just incredible. And you look at this thing and you wonder how in the world is it ever going to get off the ground? But see, there's something in that airplane that's greater than the, the resistance against yeah. it and the law of gravity that's trying to hold it down. And, and for that plane to get off the ground, that whatever's in side of it has to begin to take over. It has to begin to push and it has to begin to go for that plane to be able to move and, and it gets a little speed going and there's two wings that's on that plane and what it is, there's two, there's two actions. There's a lift and there's a down push on an airplane. There's something that's lifting it and pushing it down at the same time. But what happened for that airplane to be able to get off of the ground, the wings have to be adjusted and the, and the, and the, and the tail has to be adjusted. All this has to be taking place. It's actually, actually, if you look at it, I've spoke on it before, but it, it talks about that's the attitude of the airplane. And, and if that attitude is not adjusted right, then the altitude can never be got. Amen. We know that works with us too as well. Amen. Amen. The attitude and things in our life. And, and this is what God is doing. He's adjusting us. He's adjusting us for a reason. He's, he's chipping things off. He's moving things, flaps over here and that over there. He's adjusting you because he's getting you ready to leave here. He's not getting you ready to stay here. He's getting you ready to leave here. And so he had to put something on the inside of a believer that's greater than the law of sin and death. He had to put something on the believer that in something in him something that's greater than the law that would keep him bound here upon this earth. Amen. He had to put something in a believer that was greater than the law of sin, that sin couldn't get to the place it couldn't hold him no longer. It once had a binding effect upon him. It once kept him bound. It once kept him down. But sooner or later, that power began to work on the inside of him. And that power was greater than that sin. And he had to let go of him. And he began to move higher and higher with Jesus Christ. And God is always wanting you to move higher into his presence. So, amen, there has to be something in you greater than what's holding you. For you to overcome that. Amen. So, we have to realize there has to be some way 
to keep moving. Where And so if God called a bride in this age that was going to leave here, that's going to go through a body change, he had to provide the ability for it to happen. Because there's not a man here on this earth on his own abilities, morals, and whatever that has the ability to take a body change. Even science, as great as it's progressed and how far it's went and how, how amazing it's become where they can do transplants and, and they can do things that, uh, you know, 50 or 100 years that were thought impossible they can do today. But yet they still can't. Hey, they can't keep this body from decaying and dying. We got more medicines than we got we ever had. We've had, got more doctors than we ever have. We've got more learning than we ever had. Amen. We may have expanded just a little bit the lifespan, but we have not one yet one time kept this body from decaying and going to hell, going down to a grave. You can't keep it. It's a law. Amen. It was brought into effect in the fall. Amen. That day you eat thereof, that day you'll die. It's a law. And so, amen, man has tried to do whatever he can, but but upon man's abilities, he can't do it. And that goes for the spiritual as well. You cannot overcome the devil on your own abilities. You can't overcome him on your self-will. I'm not going to do this no more. I won't do this no more. And I won't do this no more. No, it'll last for a little bit. But the devil will find you in a weak moment. And he'll talk you right back into it. And before you know it, you're wallowing days and days upon end again in it. But there is a power. There is a Holy Ghost that'll come down and it'll break the law of sin off your life. It'll break the law of death out of your... Amen. So, you know, we're looking, there has to be something greater for us to continue on. And we're to begin to be the continuation of the book of Acts. We have to have the same power that they had in the day of, in the book of Acts. Otherwise, it can't happen. Amen. It has to be exactly what they had. If we're to be the continuation, it has to be exactly what they had. Come on, somebody. Amen. So God is not looking at this moment to come to here and say, you know what? I, you know, I, I don't think this is going to work. It's worse. It's worse than it was in the day of, in the book of Acts. But in Jesus' day, when the Holy Spirit came, the Spirit of God came in him at the river. Amen. He went and he overcame devil after devil after devil after devil. Amen. He, Brother Branham said he was tempted in all things. He was, what was he doing? He was proving that what I have is greater than anything here upon the earth. It's greater than any sickness. It's greater than any disease or tormenting spirit. It's greater than any kind of family problem. It's greater than any kind of issue. It, it's greater. Amen. So he's not getting here, amen, saying retreat. Listen, there's no retreat in God. You don't have to worry about it. God's not going to get you into the war and then pull back from you. There's no retreat in God. God is always go forward. He puts the power in you and he tells you what needs to be done. And he places the ability in your life and he says, go forward. We can read as we've been speaking about Moses called for a purpose. Listen, we can look at Moses, we can look at David, 
And we can look at all the heroes through the Bible, and we can say, yes, God used them for a purpose. But I want it to be more than that this morning. That is more than just Moses or David. But God also called you for a purpose. Amen. And so as we look at this, look what God's doing, not only there, but he's doing it again in this age. In this time, God trained him 80 years before he's ever able to use him. 40 years in the palace, 40 years in the wilderness. God can train a man. He can take 100 years for 30 minutes work. Oh, my. He can train him for 100 years for 30 minutes work. But God knows how to train somebody. He wants the school that put in Moses 40 years. It took 40 years to get out. But one moment in the presence of that anointing. One moment in the presence of that burning bush. He knew more about God than he had learned in books in 80 years of life. Amen. You can't explain stuff and you don't know how to put this together. One moment in his presence. You'll know more about him than all your rest of your life. One moment is all it takes. See, God trains his men, but then he anoints them. Amen. God trains his men, but then he anoints them. He gives them the experience. He takes them through rigorous training, down to the sands of burning punishments and trying and testing. Not only does he do that to his prophets, but he does it to his children. Every son that cometh to God must be chastened and tried, tested by the word. When the pinch comes, that strong time, when he faces death, are you able to stand on the word and say, God said so? That settles it. See, the power in you is greater than the force that is against you. It would put, it put such a force in Moses that Moses, he ran into the wilderness hiding from Pharaoh. Let's be honest. He ran out of there trying to hide because he, out of his own abilities, he had killed an Egyptian. And he knew he couldn't set them free on his own abilities. And what he had tried and what he had wanted to do, he had one dead man. That's all he could produce. But he goes out into the wilderness hiding and in fear. But then all of a sudden he meets a burning bush. And that experience put such a force in him, that force was greater than the fear of Egypt. Amen. Something became, overcame him to a point. Amen. To where he'd grab a rod and a donkey and his wife and the child. And he said, I'm going down to take over. What do you mean you're going down to take over? Where's your army at? I don't need an army. God spoke to me and said, go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. So Moses knew now it wasn't dependent on him. It was dependent on God. It was a force. There was something there pushing him. God had called such a man. That man was Moses. But Moses, you know, a great deal like us. You know, he, listen, it was such a force that he walked in front of Pharaoh and he began to call out flies. A man born in sin under the blood of bulls and goats began to speak the word of God. And God said, let there be flies. And flies began to accumulate until it was just tormenting them. I, you know, it don't take but a couple of flies to torment me. Yeah. But here, there's flies on top of flies. Amen. Foot, maybe several feet deep. Because a man had met the presence of God and he knew God had spoke to him. And he began to speak. And he just said what God told him to say. Not worried about how it was going to be. 
He wasn't no more worried about how it was going to be. God done showed him. God told him to put down his rod and it turned to a snake. What Moses did, he took off running from it. God said, where are you going, Moses? Turn around and pick it up. Amen. Put your hand in your, in your coat, your cloak there, Moses. Pull it out. It's leprosy. Put it back in. It's healed. God showed him time after time, I'm with you. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And listen, he was with Moses, but he's more than just with you this morning. He's in you. Amen. It's not no longer under the blood of bulls and goats. It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. And the life of that lamb is now in the believer. Here, as we're speaking Wednesday night, it comes to the place we're kind of skipping through some stuff because we've got a little ways to go. He comes to the place and he cries out, you know, at the Red Sea, oh, Lord, what must I do? His brother Ram said, isn't that just like we do? We get to a place. What do I do? God had blessed him. He'd anointed him. He'd given a message and a ministry and not been on that earth until that day. And yet every time something took place, Moses run off to God, Lord, what must I do? What must I do? God kind of got tired of it. He said, why are you crying to me? Speak to the people and go forward. See, if there's any a time it ever looked like they ought to retreat, they ought to back off a little bit. If there was ever a time, that, but God has no retreat. There is no retreat in God. It's always go forward. If the doctor says it's cancer, go forward. If he says it's tuberculosis, go forward. If the devil says you can't give this up, go forward. If your home says you're going to be a fanatic, go forward. If the church says you're a holy roller, go forward. There's no turning back. There's no retreating. It's onward, Christian soldiers. It's thus saith the Lord. Speak and go forward. God comes, when God comes into a person, into a congregation, to a man or a woman, he vindicates his presence. God proves that he's there. How many can say this morning God has proved that he's here? All right. Amen. Why? When God comes, supernatural signs begin to appear. Oh, yeah. When God comes into a life, you want to know how you got the Holy Ghost? When God comes into your life, supernatural signs start appearing. You say, what am I supposed to do? Go walk into the hospitals and raising the lame and all? That's not what he's talking about. Listen, the person becomes a changed person. The greatest supernatural sign there's ever been is a life that was bound for hell, be turned around and raised up in Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, we, we want supernatural signs, and they're wonderful as far as healings and miracles and all those things. But the greatest sign is a life that's been changed. The greatest thing that can ever happen is a life to be changed. That ought to be our focus here at Evening Light Tabernacle. Amen. All those other things, yes, we want, we want them. That's a part of God being here. But the greatest thing, that God is among us. And when people come here, they leave a different person. 
They leave with the hunger, more hunger for God, things they want more of Him. That person becomes a changed person. Supernatural signs. Here we go. Ready for some? Changed person. They're not no more like they used to be. I mean, supernatural signs we got here. Like that woman told Brother Bradham, I ain't what I ought to be. I ain't what I want to be, but thank God I ain't what I used to be. Oh, man, we can just have a moment of shouting right there. When you can think of what you used to be. You know, the devil wants to say, you ain't nobody. Well, I know who I ain't. I ain't what I used to be. Amen. I know that God has come on the inside of me and changed my desires, changed what I want. Can you say that this morning, Brother Jaron? That's the most supernatural sign we have here this morning, that God will raise somebody up and wave him before the people. Who are you this morning? You are somebody that was down in the dirt. Down in unbelief and downtrodden in a dunghill. That's what he said in Psalms 113. He said he raised the needy out of a dunghill. Maybe you didn't know you needed God, but God needed you. And God said, there's my son. And God, rich in mercy, picks him up, washes him into the water of the word, and begins to pour the blood on his life. And he begins to wave and look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look what God done. Hallelujah. When God comes into a person, they're not what they used to be. Sin is vanishing from their life. Fear and doubt has vanished. They're solid, stable, live or die. Oh, supernatural signs this morning. It's Christ. They don't care what comes or goes. Nothing shakes them. Oh, yeah. Nothing shakes them. You know how the devil loves to get things started in a church? A little shaking going on. Next thing you know, split happens. These are pulled off. Next thing you know, they're pulled off, and now they ain't even serving God no more. Listen, there's a power that is greater than the shaking that's going on. You may not be able to put it all together, make rhyme the reason of it, but you can always say, I know God's there. I go, God has spoke to me. I know God has changed my life. Amen. There's a power greater. There's a shaking going on in this age. But it's speaking, go forward. That's God's commission to the church. We have no time to slack. We have no time to slack. They say the revival's over with. It let's go on. It ain't over for me. Maybe it's over for you this morning, but it ain't over. Is it over for you, Brother Craig, Brother Jonah? Is it over for you this morning? They say it's over. You know, I always want to ask the question, who is they? Well, they say you ought to do this. Who is they? They say it ought to be this way. Who is they? 
They said this happened. Who was they? Let's establish who they are. And then, amen, but thereby that, turn it to the word and discern the spirit of who they are. And we don't have to always swallow what they say. Well, they say this message has mistakes. and They say this is a problem. They say that Brother Brandon was wrong here. Who are they? Amen. What is behind them? And were they there when that happened? That's my biggest art. You know, wondering. It's like, okay, if you got this all figured out, was you even there? I can read time after time, but Brother Branham asked openly before everybody, has it ever been wrong? And there was nothing happening but a bunch of night sounds, you know, crickets and bugs, nothing. You know what that is? Just you say something that, you know, and, it, and you let it out there and there's just nobody, with nothing to say. But here just a few months ago, Brother Tim preached on God doing extreme things. And he read from they that were there. And they said, Bible days are here again. Amen. Let's see who they are and thereby take them to the word. Judge their lives and see what their lives are backing up what they say. Amen. They say the revival's over. It isn't over. Go forward. Amen. They say it's time that Pentecost is played out. It isn't. It's time for Pentecost to rise in the name of Jesus Christ and go forward. There's no retreat. There's no staying on the same ground. Let's move with the Spirit of God. Amen. When the pillar of fire began to move, the children of Israel moved. And when it would stop, they would tear, take out their tents and they would make camp. When it would move, they would move. We need to be exactly like them. If the Spirit of God is moving our midst, we need to move. Amen. It's time for, amen. He said, there's no staying on the same ground. Let's move with the Spirit. The Spirit will move on to somebody else and leave you standing. You need to follow it. Do all that's in your heart, for God is with you. Never does God ever say retreat. There's no retreat in God. God is go forward. So no matter what the stage of the battle you're in, if you're backed up and said, I'm afraid of divine healing, I'm afraid that it's all over with, I'm afraid of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't retreat, don't go back. There's nothing to back up to. If the children of Israel would have treated where would they went, right to the spears and the swords and the chariots of Egypt. The devil's always telling you to go back, take, your back, take yourself back up off of them promises. Where are you going to go back to? To a bottomless pit. Yeah. Right. There's nothing to back up, up to. God is always go forward. If, he's in the, if, he, if it's a line of duty, the line of the word, go on. Stay with the word. You say, well, I know someone went into fanaticism before. Well, that wasn't you. Your duty is to go forward. Until God gets through with you, you just keep going on. 
It's the great hour of charges at hand. Listen to this. The great hour of charges at hand. Hallelujah. Soldiers with armors gleaming, colors flying, streaming down. Faith and doubt is setting itself in array. In this building right now, doubt is on one side. Faith is on the other side. But soldiers, stand at your post of duty. Our captain, the morning star, leads us on. He never does back up. He never knows the word retreat. He don't have to retreat because he's greater than whatever issue you have. Greatest battle ever fought is going on right now between life and death, between sickness and health, between faith and doubt, between liberty and bondage. Did you hear me this morning? There's a battle going on. Will you accept liberty or will you keep in bondage? Amen. Will you accept faith or will you keep wallowing in your doubt? Will you accept sickness or will you walk out still sick? I mean, will you still accept healing or will you still walk out sick? It's going on right now. What we need today is some real genuine faith. Let me can say amen to that. But there's a few more words that goes with that. Put in action. We need real men and real women, real faith, who will dare put God's word to the test and put it in their hearts and apply it to themselves. Oh, yeah. See, it ain't just about Brother Moses this morning. It's about you this morning. Are you willing to apply the word to yourself? You know, we need to have a good burning in this church. I ain't talking about hide burning. We can burn some of that too if we need to, but that ain't what I'm talking about. Get your pitchforks out. Throw them in the burn pile. Throw them in the burn pile. He said, can we take the word and apply it to ourselves? Well, boy, I'm going to tell you, you've been preaching right on sister so-and-so's situation. Brother, I heard about how they said that they've been doing, they said that, who's they? (laughs) What you need to be saying is, Lord, I got a situation. Maybe it's something that's more, I got something I can't handle. I got something I don't know what to do with. I've been saying this. I've been expressing doubts and fear and failure. I've been doing this. Can you apply the word to I? He said you always try to apply it to a generation gone by. Okay, here we go. You older generation, you always say, oh, that's just a good service for the young people. Man, that was so wonderful to get them in that presence of God. Meanwhile, you're dried up. Used to be a lively oak. You know, Brother Bram told that story. I've been there myself, sitting on the side of a mountain with Brother Doug Baker, and I'll never forget it. It had an old fire that went up Mount Lemon and it burnt the old trees. But now with some little underbrush coming up, and the wind was blowing up through that valley, just coming right up through. We're sitting on the side. All of a sudden, you're. Make hair stand up on the back of your neck. 
You're like, what in the world? And, you, and you, brother, Brad, brother Doug said, do you remember when Brother Bradham talked about that old burn over he got? To come? Look, I'm thankful it wasn't at night. <laughs> it was in broad daylight, and I was very thankful for that. Amen. Brother, I believe Brother Branham was at night, if I remember correctly. But, you know, I, I'm thankful mine was in the daylight because it was scary enough. Ooh, that was a good service for them young people. You try to apply it to a generation gone by. Yeah. Apply it to yourself. But the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is forever God. Amen. He is forever God. He never failed. He's the same in principle. He's the same in power. He's the same tonight as when he walked on the shores of Galilee and appears nightly now on this platform. And I want to tell you, he's still the same as he was 50 years ago. And he appears service after service in this building. Amen. He proves himself. He's alive from the dead. You don't have to take him out of history. He's right now present for you. A few days ago, he says a woman was rose up from, had been raised from a wheelchair. Two blind women received their sight. The power coming down, revealing things, the secrets of the heart, calling to the meetings and things like that with infallible proofs that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. We bring it present day. He's been coming service after service. Little Miriam ran around here and was healed of cancer. Little girl healed. I mean, it's just Brother David Dexter healed with a serious eye condition. Our dead being raised back to life. We got infallible proofs. That he's alive. You know what they said when, when the news come out of Mariah's healing? They said, I don't believe it because it never was correctly diagnosed by the doctor. It ain't for unbelievers. I've found out this message ain't for them. It's for me. Amen. This word ain't for they. It's for me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, when you see that, oh, it'll take the wishbone out and put a backbone in your back. Give you strength to stand. When you come to find out that Jesus, that we have a fact that he's raised from the dead and is here tonight proving himself alive. Action. Put your faith in action. What good is he going to do to read of a historical, historical God if he isn't the same God today? It's no use in reading about Moses if he still ain't the same God he was when he was in Moses. It's no use in reading about Elijah and all the other prophets down to the Bible. It's no use in reading about Jesus if he's not the same God today. But he is the same God, and he's greater. George Washington, all those other men are nothing but a historical fact. But Jesus Christ raised from the dead, and he's the same today. What good does a painted fire do to a freezing man? 
Right now, we don't even want to think about a fire. But if you was freezing to death, what good is it going to do you to go to a painted fire and say, boy, this is so wonderful. Three-year-old imagination again. Brother Tim talked about a while back, people got this three-year-old mentality. You know, warming up to something that has gone by. But we have a Jesus of today. And he's still the same. That's why we still believe in holiness. That's why we still believe in the principles of the Bible. They haven't changed. Amen. That's why we still believe in worship, true worship to God. Amen. That's why we believe in music. It's in the Bible. For all you drum heads that don't like drums, it's in the Bible. It is what it is. I can't do nothing about it. I didn't write it. He did. Take it up with he. Amen. He said, praise him. Some of the stuff I ain't even meaning to go to, but it's just thundering in me this morning. David was looking at people that would not praise God. Here, here the word was coming back, being restored, and the glory of God was coming back to his rightful position. This is not what happened in our day. The word came back to its place, showing he's alive and well. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God with the same power, with the same principles, with the same wonders, with the same in every detail. And David seen him. He began to dance around that ark. Begin to praise God and glorify God. And his wife over there got to ridicule him, making fun of him and saying how crazy he was. And, 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 you know, and he said, you don't like that? Watch this. And he goes again. What did God do? He shut up her womb to where she couldn't bring forth fruit. We got to be careful with what side we are on and what we're doing and what we're saying. And just because you're in the majority don't mean you're right. He said, try the spirits, see if they're God. Well, my daddy believes this, and this one believes that. Who am I going to try the spirits? What is it producing? He said, said, men are freezing to death in creeds and dogmas, freezing to death in past laurels and past things, teaching a historical God. But what we need today is a God resurrected from the dead, and he is. And what we need today is need delegates out there, amen, who are willing to rest their soul on any word of God and put it to action. That's what we need. What we need is a man or a woman who will stand up to the forefront and there and call the devil a liar. Woo! Call the devil a liar and say, Jesus Christ stripped you and robbed you of every right you had. And I'm in Christ Jesus and the world belongs to me. What good does it do to have a bird to have wings as long as you keep them in a cage? 
Might as well not have no wings. He was born to fly. What good is your wings going to do you? What good is your faith going to do if you don't turn it loose? You know, Brother Brown talked about sickness. He said, if I was sick today, he's talking about a loaf of bread. You know, having the buying power of a loaf of bread. Nowadays, I don't know, you might need about three bucks, something like that. He said, 25 cents. Purchase power. He said, you can rejoice with that purchase power as though you had the loaf of bread. Because it was just as it was good for the loaf of bread. And he said, you want you, you the sickness of tonight? You have the purchase power for your healing. He said, so if I was sick, I would just go ahead and dance a jig right now because it's over with. I would just go ahead and praise God right now because it's over with. Put it into action. He lives today. He's the same Jesus. If blind Bartimaeus can trust him, I can trust him. If the woman with an issue can trust him and touch his garment, I can do the same. For he's open and willing and begging to accept you. Whatsoever will, let him come and drink from the waters of life freely. He said, you might take your bird and feed him some very good food. You might give him the best bird seed and everything else, but what good is it going to do him? What good is his wings while he's in that cage? That's the way it is today. You might send your seminary boys in there, teach them all kind of good theology about this, that, and the other, but if you're afraid to turn your faith loose to trust God, what good does it do to have all the teaching? What we need today is turn loose. Let your faith go to action. Amen, as David did. He turned loose. He let his faith go to action. Why are we scared to make a move? He comes out. Satan makes a boast, but the wrong man heard it for him. A little old scrawny, runny-looking boy with a sheepskin wrapped around him. You mean to tell me you cowards will stand here and let that uncircumcised Philistine defy the armies of the living God? He was ready to put his faith into action. That's what we need is get somebody who will take what you got. Take what you got and go to work with it. Let your faith go. Amen. They said when Saul said, well, what do you think you're doing? Brother said, what do you think you're doing? You're a servant. Supposed to be hollering. Well, you know, you're supposed to be taking care of the sheep. But he said, hey, God took care of me with a lion. He took care of me with a bear. He's more than able for this uncircumcised Philistine. Amen, who's defying the armies of the living God. Amen, he knew that the anointing oil had been placed upon him, and he was anointed for the job. Mercy, you got to put it into action. Questions and answers. Brother Brown was asked the question, is it possible for a Holy Ghost-filled person to be influenced to do minor things that he doesn't want to do? He said, yes. A Holy Ghost-filled person, you're right in the place to be put up, to put yourself up for a target, to be drove to do these things. When you're down there serving the devil, he lets you slouch around any way you want to be. But once you take a stand for Christ, it's a different thing then. 
He trains every gun right on you. Every gun. He trains every gun right around you, every temptation, everything that can throw to you, then, then you got it. But what have you got? He said, every temptation, everything that can be thrown to you, then you got it. What, what have you got? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in those guns. That was me, but that was good, wasn't it? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Then he that was in the world. You wasn't in no battle here. You were just slopping along. But now you've cleaned up. You've dressed up. You've shaved. You've combed your hair. Uh-oh. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. Sure will. Amen. Put on a uniform. You know, one time one of my cousins called my dad, and he joined the Army Reserve or something. And he joined it, I guess, maybe to go through college. I don't know. Or I don't know what his, his idea was. But he called all worried because he's getting shipped out to war. My question is, why you join the army? It's called an army. I mean, it's armed forces. It's, uh, it's the army. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's the army. It's not a picnic. It's not a... Run a couple miles and carry a backpack. They're training you for something. They're training you to do something. More than just get a check or get some side benefits. They're, want, they're wanting something out of you. So they're putting their energies and their resources and things in you because they know at some point you may be needed. Amen. This is what he says when all this stuff comes and you start shaving your hair and That's just for the brothers right here. <laughs> Lighten you up for a moment. Comb in your hair. Getting it all set in place. Use some gel if you have to. Get it in place. Stand at attention. Put on a uniform. You put, got a gun in your hand. It ain't to shoot birds. Not if you join the army. It's to defend the country. It's to defend yourself. And it ain't from a herd of elephants or birds or, or shooting rocks. It's, it's against another army. So why are we surprised when the Holy Ghost comes in our heart and we start going down life's journey and we've been serving, we're starting to serve the Lord that all hell is against us? You better guarantee it's going to be against you. But you also better guarantee that greater is he that is in you. Than he that's against you. Amen. No matter what you face, he's greater. No matter what your trouble, he's greater. No matter what your temptation, he's greater. He's there to convict your heart. He's, oh, I'm telling you, I think I pulled that thing off. He's, I'm telling you, well, as soon as you say you got the Holy Ghost, Satan's got every gun right on you, shooting you. It's a different thing to hold a gun on somebody than to pull the trigger. He said he's got every gun on you, shooting you. No wonder you feel bad some days. No wonder there's things that you get down about. You don't know how to handle. You want, no wonder you have these things in your life. 
He's shooting you. I ain't never been shot, but I don't think it feels good from what I've seen of it. Even if you got a vest on, and you know these, these they get today they got these uh, vests that bulletproof vests, and it bullet hits and it kind of explodes and takes the impact. It still don't feel good. It still hurts. They get, I've seen them after they take it off and get big old giant bruises. Yeah, it saved the man's life, but he still feels the effect of it. You can't help but feel the effects of Satan's shooting and his fighting against you, but greater is he that's in you than he that's again, again in the world. You're going to have plenty of trouble. You're going to have plenty of temptations. You're going to have plenty of mistakes and failures. You're going to have them, but greater is he. The Brandon says, God bless you. He says, don't think I'm beside myself. He said, that's true. He said, I know what I'm talking about. Men of honor, women, you will believe in God. You who claim to have the spirit of God in your heart. If you're sick and needy, you've got the weapon right there to fight that sickness with. God, give it to you. It's in you. Why will we stand back like a coward? Why will we stand back on the sidelines? Let's follow our captain. Let's go all the way with him. He was wounded for our transgression. By his stripes we're healed. Take what he gives you and fight. Fight the unbelief away. Tell the devil he's a liar. Christ said he has overcome the world. He said, have courage, children. I've already overcome the world. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is the power of Christ in you than the sickness that's in your body. Greater is the power of Christ than that little besetting sin that you can't overcome. Let's take the Holy Spirit and fight the devil down and walk out victorious as heroes of the cross. It's in the battle where cowards are made and victors are made and men of valor come forth. It was in a battle that showed who was a man of valor or who was cowards when David walked out. It's, you can read the, my goodness, there are many accounts of the Civil War of men who became amazing men of valor. Well, I mean, one of the most famous, Brother Branham called him his favorite general, him and Joshua, Stonewall Jackson, a man of valor. You know how he got that name Stonewall? In the battle. It, it's a, when, I, when he come into that moment, he had a choice, run or stand. Many ran. Many were running. Not Stonewall. That's why I got the name. He stands like a stone wall. I mean, it's, understand it's known that he would actually ride his horse between his men and actually the arm, other army they was fighting with his hands lifted, thanking God for the victory. What are you going to do with somebody like that?
I mean, seriously. I mean, we're talking about the devil shooting you. You know, and them, them are not physical. Uh, it can be felt in a physical manner, but these were physical lead bullets flying both directions. He's riding in the middle of them with his hand lifted, thanking God for the victory. What are you going to do with a fellow like that? What about you? The devil puts something on you, and the first thing you do is you raise your hands, and you thank God for the victory. What's the devil going to do with somebody like that? He tried with Job. He tried everything. I mean, he took everything away from him in, not, in a day. And Job looked at all of that, and he says, Though God slay me, I'll still trust him. What was he doing? He was riding between the sacrifice and the enemy, thanking God for the victory. Amen. You know, Brother Adam says a complete surrender to the devil can give a man maybe five times his strength. Brother Adam's faced those kind of things. He knows what he's talking about. Faced a woman that was down in the back basement there one time, and she was crawling around like a snake on her back with her hands and her feet pointed toward the sky kicking out windows and doing all kinds of things, faced a maniac that had done beat up several preachers. He knew what he was talking about, on the people being under the influence of a devil. But he also knew what he was talking about when people were under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said, what can God do with a man when you will completely surrender to him? He said, what would it do to a cripple that's weak in body and can't walk? Or if we could just get somebody completely to yield to the Holy Ghost and it'll give you super strength to rise in the name of Jesus. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The strength in God that's in you is greater than any affliction that come upon you. Amen. There's nothing can overtake you that can supersede you because you're full of the superpower of the Holy Ghost and it's dominating your life if you're a Christian. Woo, my goodness. If we can only receive this truth, now this moment, if we can only realize what this scripture means, he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Amen. We can't understand that, yet we say we believe it. We know it's true. But let's say it again. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. What's in you that's greater? What's in you that's greater? It's Christ. The anointed. Now, what's so wonderful about the truth that we have in this hour? Moses could get under the anointing. Amen. Under one moment, he could speak to a rock and water would come out of it. The next moment, he'd get so angry with the people, he would strike it and it would keep him from going to the promised land. But we can't say that Moses wasn't anointed because Moses did many things. David, another example of the anointing of God would come upon him. He would slay Goliath. He would do all kind of mighty works. Have mighty men of valor who would follow after him. Amen. Follow his example. Next thing you know, we find him. Amen. Committing murder and taking another man's wife. Why? Because the anointing would come down and it would leave. But Christ came upon the earth. Amen. And we see him as he comes to the river and the life of Christ said, Behold, my son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. 
the Holy Ghost, the adoption robe being put upon him. Amen. What was it? He was the first man that came upon this earth that the anointing came and it did not leave. Amen. Because you know, I heard a preacher one time, he ain't a message preacher no more, but he was at the time. He said, we're going to be like Jesus, hanging on the cross. And he said, the Spirit's going to leave us, and we're going to have to overcome by ourselves for a certain moments in time. Where's that in the Bible? That's what they say, but that ain't what he said. He said, I'll be with you, even in you, to the end. I'm going I'm to rest on what he said. But I can also say the Spirit of God was still in that man because on the third day he rose. Amen. Something took place in, his, in that body. And that body heard the word of God and it came back to life again. Hallelujah. Amen. What is in you that's greater is Christ. So we have the same deal. As it came down, his spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. We know it, and we know how it went through the church ages, and it come down to this day, and the word had to come back to his position and to his place. Why? So the Holy Ghost could come again in the same power, the same vindication, the same life. It has the same sustaining abilities. It held Paul when he was going to death. It held Peter when he was going to death. The same one that denied Jesus when he was standing in the flesh went to his death. Amen. Running to it with all he had. And he's back again in this hour. That was Christ. It's in you. Then if he's in you, it's not you anymore living. It's him that's living in you. Hallelujah. That's what he said about this. <laughs> that's what he said about this. Then if he's in you, he absolutely wouldn't deny what he said. He can't do it, but he would keep what he said. He's trying to find that person he can vindicate himself through. Oh, Jesus. Is there any person in the house this morning? That he can vindicate himself through. Now, but what is it? He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. God in you like he was in Jesus Christ. Because what all God was, he poured into Christ. And all Christ was, he poured into the church. And that God in you, he, he that is in you. He said, no wonder winds and waves obeyed him and obeyed his word and obeys him today because he was God's word in him. He was a man, but he was a word made flesh. And when he spoke, it was God speaking through human lips. No wonder winds and waves obeyed him. No wonder sicknesses obeyed him. No wonder the demons of torment had to leave when he spoke. The very creator that created the winds and waves was standing inside of him. I love how Brother Wayne, I can't help it. I can't ever get away with it from it where he said as he stepped off that boat to that maniac and that maniac come to tear him apart like he did so many other people and chase him off of his little piece. He come running. He looked into those eyes of Jesus and he stopped. And he said, what are you doing in there? The devil knows him when he sees him. 
Hallelujah. I believe there's a lot of people here this morning. The devil can look at you and be saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do. What are you doing in there? What are you doing in there? What are you doing in here? Christ is greater. Hallelujah. He's the same one that said, Lazarus, come forth. And he's the same one this morning that can speak to the dead and say, rise in Jesus' name. The dead could not stand in his presence. It was God in Christ. He would go to a funeral and there'd be a resurrection. The winds. God created the winds. God created the waves. He created the water. What was he scared of them for? And when the devil got into it and got to tumbling around trying to bring destruction, God created men to be sons of God. And when the devil gets in them, it's trouble. But when the devil gets in the winds that sent that storm, couldn't the creator that created the winds say, go back where I created you? Isn't the same creator even in our age? Hey, brother, I'm telling about the storm there in Colorado. It happened in our day. Oh, Brother Timothy, if I had the power to speak to storms, I could have spoke that hurricane out of existence. What about speaking to storms in your life? Some hurricanes that comes through your home. Tears up your inner peace and your joy and your happiness. Where's the creator at? Where's the God who has dominion over that thing? Step up and say, devil, leave. You're not welcome in this place. You're not welcome in my home. You're not welcome in our lives. You're not welcome in my children. No, devil, you're not going to have rain over my children. I said, I'll talk to him. That's how a child of God ought to speak to him. It ought to be every time. Devil, no. Devil, you can't. Devil, stop. Devil, enough. Devil, peace be still. Where is the creator at? When you're in the middle of your storm, where's he at? God, come down and help me. God, please be with me. God, where's the creator at? Greater is he that is in you. You know, this world's got superheroes. Never seen a time. I mean, I know when I was a kid, they made Superman movies and stuff like that. But it seemed like in this age, the world is craving for a hero. They're craving for somebody to step up. And so they're making these men to be, you know, superheroes and Superman and Spider-Man and Hulk-Man and this man, that woman. They're wanting a hero. But they got it all wrong. They got it perverted. I mean, they take a man that's a regular old man, and all of a sudden he gets in this angry rage. And through his anger, he overcomes. No, that's perverted. 
That ain't how it works. Where's the Jesus in your boat? Jesus didn't get up and, you bunch of wind and waves, you get out of here. I hate you. You're interrupting my rest. Well, almost sounded like a sister right then, didn't I? <laughs> you kids, I'll tell you what. I... Where's the Jesus in your boat? He jumped out and got a life preserver, I guess. No, he's there. He's there. He's wanting you to call on him. Quit calling on your frustrations and quit calling on your anger and your temper and all those things. Call on Jesus. You know, the first thing we do is to go to something else other than Jesus. Go to him. I don't know what to do. Tell my brother Timothy, I don't know where to go to Jesus. The dead couldn't stand in it, couldn't stay in his presence. The crippled couldn't stay in his presence. The lame couldn't stay there in the same conditions. Even in our day, we have Brother Bram said we have bona fide statements of people dead. The Lord give vision and come back to life again. He said, here sits one even here this morning that was dead, heart attack, wife, a nurse sitting there said he's gone. But when his eyes were set back, gone. But here he is alive. For greater is he that's here in us than he that's in the world. You know, Brother Timothy, that happened back then. No, it happens in this day too. Just right there in Brother Ron Spencer's church was a man right at the end of their service, fell over right during their service, fell over dead. Nurses checked him, checked him. He's dead. He's gone, Brother Ron. What do we do? Let's just keep calm. Let's just see what Jesus would do. Went down and knelt by him, began to speak to him, called his name, and he goes, What's up, Brother Ron? What's happening? Come back to life. Why? Greater is he. It's God the creator. He created the winds and waves. Those winds and waves had to obey him. Demons become paralyzed. All nature become paralyzed because he was the creator of it. He says, see, it takes the creator to do it for he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. He that can call turmoil is in the world, but he that's in you can rebuke the turmoil. Amen. You are the creator. He's there. The devil gets in the wind, but there can be a calm. He can rebuke the devil out of the storm and there'll be no more storm. He's the creator. The devil is of this world. Amen. We know Lucifer has fallen into this world. But Jesus said, you have heard the Antichrist has come and is already working in the children of disobedience. But little children, you're not of this world. You are of God and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He that created the heavens and earth was made manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. God in Christ reconciling himself to the world. Let's say, let's say you say that this was that son of God. You say, that's Brother Brad through Brother Brad. All right, let's find out if he is the eternal everlasting God. He was the God through Joshua. Joshua spoke the word and it happened. Why? Because it was the creator speaking. Amen. He was with Moses when he spoke flies and he spoke bulls and he spoke and he spoke and he spoke. Why? Because it was the creator that was speaking. 
who do you think spoke the other day here several years ago and said she'll be in one this room tonight, the next room she'll be in a step down, the next room she'll be next night she'll be home? The Creator. We couldn't have come up with that. Who do you think spoke the other day when it said there'd be ten thousand dollars given to the church? The Creator. How are you going to come up with a number? Any number. Oh, that's an even number. Okay. It's still a big number. And there's a lot of numbers before it and a lot of numbers afterwards. Who does that? The Creator. Who spoke? That's nothing but the truth. It was the Creator in Hattie Wright. Who spoke? Brother Brown in that storm, and he's it told him to get back, and he's walking, trying to get back down the cabin, and the Lord tells him to turn around. And he turns around after several times of hearing that, and he turns around, begins to walk. And the Lord said, Speak, and it'll happen. Who was that? The Creator. Not Brother Branham, the Creator. Greater is he that was in Brother Branham than he that was in that storm. We're in the moment of time to where the Creator is going to speak. He would not have said, Speak to your mountain. Your mountain knows your voice. Speak. Too many times I've even myself felt something and I would hold it back and fight it and hold it back and finally go and give it and realize it was God all the time. Brother Kirkman, who was it that told you to turn your truck around and go back and pray for that man? I told the testimony here the other day. man who had cancer. Something put in Brother Kirkman's heart. Pray for him. He told him about what God had been doing. He said, pray for him. He just kind of pushed it away. Drove out. Pray for him. This ain't going to leave. Drove back in and prayed for the man. And God healed him. Called him in a few days and said, Brother Kirk, you need to turn your prayer to a praise. Who was that? The creator. Only God could do that. Amen. Who was it that spoke to the Red Sea? The Creator. Who was it that spoke? Amen. Who was it in Daniel? That caused the mouth of the lions to shut up. Listen, we're not talking about full full belly lions. We're talking about lions that were kept in a certain condition to be hungry when they throw somebody down in there. Amen. They throw him down there because he's standing for the word. He's standing for righteousness. And he's standing for the truth. In a, in a wicked generation, they put him down. They set a trap. And they put, who was, why, why, why was the mouth of the lion stopped? Because greater was, was in Daniel than was in them lions. Greater was in the Hebrew children that was in the fire. Amen. Then the fire, it was greater. The children of Israel, the Hebrew children, something was greater on the inside of them. Greater was he that was in Elijah. Greater was he that was in, 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 in all the ministers, the men down through and the women down through the Bible. But I want you to understand something. Greater is he that is in you than sickness. 
greater is he that is in you than in, than in any kind of problem that you can face. Is Christ in you the hope of glory? He that is in you is Christ. Is Christ in you the works of Christ? Shall you do also? The works that I do shall you do also. If I was in Christ or if Christ lived in you, the Christ is the word and the word is to come in this hour, then it has to produce the same life that it did in Jesus Christ. And if it's his life, if we're still living your own life, then you'll do your own works. But if you're living his life, you'll do his works. He says, when thou prayest, believe that what you receive that you ask for, and it shall be given to you. If you say to this mountain, be moved, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you will say will come to pass. You can have what you say. The Father worketh, and I worketh hitherto. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, the Son doth likewise. And when the Father showed him what to do, he walked out there without a failure. He walked out there without a fear, and he said, let it be, and it was so. And the same Jesus Christ lives in you. The same Jesus Christ lives in his. Then his works will do because Christ is in his word and his word is in you. And therefore you will do what he said. <coughs> Hallelujah. He that was in Noah was greater than the judgments of the water. And he that is in you is greater than the judgments of the fire. Oh, hallelujah. We're getting ready to leave this place. Why? Because there's a power on the inside. And this power ain't for staying here. This power is for leaving here. Amen. Greater is he than you than the judgments of the fire. Greater is he that was in David that was in the bear or the lion or was in Goliath. Greater is he that is in you that's in that wheelchair. Greater is he that's in you that was in, that's in that stretcher. Greater is he that's in you that's in that cancer. Greater is he that's in you that's in affliction. Greater is he that's in you than anything. Somebody say anything that the devil could ever put on you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater was David. Greater was Christ. Greater are you. He conquered sin. He conquered sickness. He conquered it all. And now the power is in you. And he, listen to this, he is still just as much the creator now as he was then. If he healed the sick then, he heals the sick now. If he destroyed sin then, he destroys it now. He's the same God. And this Christ, this he, he is he. He is he that's in you. He is Christ, the greater one. Now, how many believes he's coming to our place and to our midst? How many has he proved to you he's still God? Then greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He that's in you, let him have preeminence. Let him have the oversaying in your life. You say in your heart right now, if you can, with all your heart, and believe the disease that's in my body is gone. Can we get somebody to agree this morning? You say, well, I'm not sick. Well, what about a spiritual problem? The disease that's in my body is gone. 
Amen. The disease that's in my body is gone. Amen. He that's in me is greater than he that's in my body. I am no more afflicted. Oh, come on, somebody. You've been tested and tested and trialed and trialed and tempted and tempted and given him, but I am no more afflicted. Amen. I am no more afflicted because greater is he that's in my body than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in my heart than he that's in my flesh. Greater is he that's in my heart. He's created the heavens and earth. My flesh has been contaminated by Satan, but I am a temple for the Holy Spirit to live in. Therefore, Satan, I command. Can we get some commanders here this morning? I command you to leave my body. Come out of me in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come out of me. Brother Brandon said, let's pray together. Almighty God, the creator of heavens and earth, the author of life, the revealer of the secrets of heart. Amen. The word that is sharper than any two-edged sword and even the discerner of the thoughts of the mind. That's the reason when the word is made flesh, I know what they're thinking about because you perceive their thoughts. He was the word and the word knows the secrets and that word is still the same word. And tonight we see it revealing itself in us after 2,000 years because he wrote it on paper, but he's here confirming it right now. Amen. Here lay sick people and different ones with different needs all over the place. How many can say I got a need this morning? He said, I pray that the Holy Spirit that's present to show these things, to tell them, and never fails. He's never wrong. And what is right, not one time can it fail because it's almighty God. Oh, and God who himself showed to be alive after 2,000 years can form himself into sinner's heart that's been redeemed by grace and faith and can speak his own words through mortal lips and watch it happen just exactly what he promised. Oh, Lord God, I ask thee to be merciful to us. May every man and woman that's sitting present that has any kind of sickness or affliction any kind of sickness or affliction. As Moses throwed himself in the breach for the people, today I lay my heart out before you, Lord, and with all the faith that I have that's in you, that you have given me, I give to them. Woo! Let's join our faith this morning. Let's get ready to let our faith loose. Hallelujah. Do you have faith this morning? Do you have faith in you and you? Do you have faith this morning? I have faith this morning. Let's get ready to turn it loose. Hallelujah. As Peter said, such as I have, give out to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I say this morning, may you begin to walk in the promises, almighty God. Walk into his presence. Walk into his love. Walk into his mercy and grace. Oh, why? Thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his apostle says, such as I have, give unto thee. Oh, it was faith. And I say, such as I have, give out to this audience. In the name of Jesus Christ, renounce your sickness. We got any commanders here this morning? Command that devil to leave. Renounce your sickness right now, because greater is he that's in you than the devil that's trying to take your life. 
Oh, hallelujah. You are the children of God. You are the redeemed. I command Satan to leave these people. I command Satan to leave these people. May the God who rolls back the storm, the God who makes the winds and the waves to cease, may he see to it that every disease, every problem, every situation right now is taken away from these people. And the power of Christ may be manifest in their life. Listen to this. I, as your pastor, uh, your brother, what faith I have, I ask God to place it on you. I believe that I'll receive what I ask for. Now you believe with me. Woo! You believe, Brother Harry? Will you believe with him? I believe. Will you believe with me? You believe, Brother Joshua? I believe with you. Hallelujah. I give it to you right now. If you believe what I have, what I have, ask it in Jesus' name, and I give it to you for this hour. Woo! In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, renounce every affliction. Say these words. You have to go. Oh, glory to God. The power of Jesus Christ is here to vindicate and prove what he said to be the truth. We will make you well at this time. He says, do you believe that laying on that cot there, lady? Though your muscles be all like they call it sclerosis or thing, you can't walk, you don't got to have the strength, but try this. Stand up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, help her there, will you? Amen. Watch her now. Her ankle bones are receiving strength. Oh, there she goes. Hallelujah. May that be said about you this this meeting. There she goes. There he goes. He receives strength. We're marching onward to Zion, going on with the word of God. Hallelujah. Let faith loose this morning. Amen. Begin to speak the word of God. Don't hold it back in his presence. Speak what you will, and God will give it to you. Hallelujah. We believe this morning. We believe this morning. There she goes. She's received strength to praise God. He said, what about you this morning? Whoa, let's praise the I am. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Father. Oh, my. Does anybody want to speak to him for a moment? Greater is he. Oh, yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, Jesus, we love you. (laughs) Renounce it. Speak the word. Touch him. He's passing by. Maybe you need a fresh drink. Get it. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 There she goes. 
Oh, maybe you've been downtrodden this morning and had strength. Receive strength this morning. Receive the mercy of Almighty God. Receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name this morning. So uh-huh. 